Welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast. It's the afternoon of United's final home league game in the season. I'm studying Albert Square in Manchester. It's a lovely day. Uh, I'm in a pub opposite Manchester Town Hall, one of the finest buildings in England. And I'm with several diehard Manchester United supporters who've been to pretty much every game this season. And by that I mean every game. Pre-season, European away matches. So I'm going to speak to a few of them. I'm going to go down to Old Trafford later on and, and see where we end up. Um, Nigel Appleton is the first United fan I'm going to speak to. How's this season been for you as a United fan, Nigel? Uh, obviously very disappointing. Um, we didn't come into it with huge expectations, I guess, with the change of manager and everything, but uh, yeah, hugely disappointing. Let's, before we talk about the inevitable negatives, what about the positives? What have you enjoyed this season, if you look back? There has been a few good away trips, a few get, few good games. Leverkusen jumps out to me as a decent trip and a decent performance, but what, if any, have, have you enjoyed? Yeah, the away games are always a good social side of things as well. As um, The football has been pretty good as well. We've had a, an excellent away record. It's been at Old Trafford where we've let ourselves down, really. Um, also, the sort of progression and the um, pushing forward of Janazai has been uh, a good move as well. Nice to see him developing, and hopefully next season we'll see a lot more of him under a new manager, whoever that may be. Um, also, you know, I'm, I like Matter. I think he's a good signing, and uh, with the right players around him in the right formation, I'm, I'm sure we can uh, move forward with him as being maybe the, the playmaker we've been lacking. Are you optimistic about the immediate future of the club, given all the potential uncertainty, a new manager, there's clearly going to be more changes in, in the summer? Uh, it's difficult to be overly optimistic when you find yourselves where we find ourselves currently. Um, we, a, we don't know who the new manager is going to be. B, we don't know if he's going to have any money to spend, see what his ideas are going to be. So Van Hal and he does have money to spend? Well, hopefully um, he can... I mean, he's done a good job with, when he, at his previous clubs and also with the Dutch national side. Tries to play football the right way. Um, so hopefully with a bit of money to spend he can formulate a, a, a team formation that works for him and the players that hopefully he'll be able to bring in and maybe ship a few out as well. What about low points this season? There's been some horrors, hasn't there? Uh, some real horrors, yeah. Um, Liverpool at home, City at home, the, the usual suspects really. Um, I mean, those will always stand out as being real negatives um, because they're our greatest rivals at the end of the day. We're here in sunny Manchester, it's May and you're not going to see a lot of the supporters who you see every week now for a good few months. Do you miss that side of it over the summer? Or are you one of these people who, when the summer comes, you think, I appreciate a break from it all? Uh, it's a combination of, combination of factors, really. Yeah, you do miss people. You, I mean, days of mobile communications, whatever, it's not like it used to be. Um, pre-season tour will be around mid-July, so we'll catch up with some faces. And you're going to go I, on that to America? Uh, I'll do some of it. I won't do all of it. I can't afford to. Uh, it's over about a month, I think, so it's just too long, really. Uh, so I'll try and go to places I've not been before. Um, but I do like the break as well because I, I like my cricket as well, so it gives me a chance to get down to, to watch some cricket as well. David Moyes. Is that the question? Yeah. <laughs> oh, David Moyes. <laughs> Discuss. <laughs> um, yeah, tough one. I mean, I was quite, well, not quite happy to back him, but I thought we maybe should have given him another 12 months. But I think that defeat at Everton and the, 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 the whole performance, the whole, yeah, it was just a shambles that day and I think he was a dead man walking after that and it was um, almost inevitable that, you know, the end was nigh then. Um, 
it's it's difficult. It, it was a tough job. Uh, the thing that frustrates me about it is that you know he was Ferguson's appointment allegedly. Uh, that's what everybody keeps saying. Uh, and Ferguson's been involved with the, uh, bringing the new manager in as well allegedly. So you know that doesn't bode well really. Uh, we just hope this time he makes the right decision because you know most people if they make a bad decision that bad probably don't get the chance to make make the same mistake twice. I don't think Fergie has been involved with the new manager. I think he's been marginalised and certainly was heavily involved in David Moyes. But I think this decision this time has been one which he's not been at the forefront of. Which what? I think I think is probably the, the right thing because he's, he's too close to a lot of what goes on at the club. He's too heavily... It's part of the fabric of the club. He's been there for 20... How many years it is? 26, 27 years. Um, and I think we just need to, take, we need to take a step back and make a proper footballing decision rather than an emotional one the bells of Manchester first time on the podcast <laughs> we are honoured um, how many games have you been to this year? Uh, pretty much all of them uh, missed two or three when I was I went to Australia uh, for the Ashes uh, for a, a couple of weeks so I missed a few of them but uh, apart from that every single game yeah including friendlies including friendlies yeah people listening to this will think how on earth do you do it how do you do it how do you run your normal life around it you know family job it's always been the way um, football has always been my passion since I was, my father taught me when I was a kid so it's nothing new um, I'm fortunate in that I've got a successful business on my own which I so I work for myself so that gives me flexibility with working out you run a brothel <laughs> <laughs> not quite I wish I did <laughs> Um, Sorry, that was a slur on a very <laughs> fine and respectable member of the community. And I'll take it back. Uh, so I think it's a case of yeah, certain generations, and I think our generation, not necessarily one of the last ones, but there's not many, the, the current generation and one or two before that didn't grow up with football in the same way that, that we did. The world's changed. I'm seeing now, and I find it quite strange, people who call themselves Manchester United fans and uh, they are Manchester United fans, but just don't go to games. The, the culture has changed to the point that when I was growing up, if, you, if you're a fan, you went to matches, you supported the yeah. team. And I'm um, seeing people now, the emergence of a whole new body of people who consume United through screens, and that to them is completely normal. In yeah. fact, they're in the majority. It's your, 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 your order if you actually go to the matches. And this is only the last few years that I felt this sort of emergence think- of... I personally think, I mean, I might be completely off the radar with this one, but I, I think it's uh, the inevitable consequence of uh, Sky and the, the way TV broadcasts the game globally, not only in the UK these days. I mean, when Sky came in, yeah, you got limited amount of coverage and there were games every week, but nowadays it's, it's 24-7. You can watch football on TV and it's, you know, there's a game every night of the week if you want to watch it. And it's just so much easier now um, than it was in our day. You know, Andy, that when we were growing up, if you wanted to go and see a game, you had to go or watch 10 minutes highlights on match of the day, and that was it. But you don't get any of this when you consume through a screen, do you? You don't get the community. You, you know, pretty much everyone in this pub has been United fans. It's more than watching an event on the pitch. It is, but I think again, I think it's a generational thing, you know, with social media and everything these days. Funny enough, we're on a podcast as we as we're discussing yeah. this, but um, you know, Twitter and Facebook, people don't have to be in the same pub having a beer with their mates yeah. these days, whereas they just communicate via social media, and they've, they've grown up with different, not different values, well, possibly different values, but different sort of um, aspirations, whatever you want to call it. Uh, the world's different to what it was 30, 40 years ago.
And Manchester United have certainly been different this year, finally. For the worst. <laughs> yeah, not the best season ever. <laughs> but we'll be back. We'll be back. You're confident of that? We'll get there eventually. It might take a few years. I mean, um, things could be a lot worse. I mean, Liverpool uh, had a fantastic result last night. So... Uh, uh, they won't be winning the league, hopefully. Um, and I think they've missed their chance. We'll be back uh, and we'll be fighting for it again with the, the top clubs again. Maybe not next year, but within two or three years, I think, yeah. Second guest is Paul Webster. Webby, known to a lot of you who go to matches. We're still studying Albert Square and Unfinished Sympathy by Massive Attack has just come on in a pub nearby. It's a sunny day. Life is actually quite wonderful when you look at it from that perspective but it's not been a good season for United has it Paul? Uh, it's been one of the worst I've seen Andy for a long time probably 1987-88 seasons since, since then one of the worst I've seen Are you surprised how bad it's been? Uh, I am to be honest From after first winning, to seventh Yeah from winning the league last year to how good we thought we were winning the league by 13 points um, absolutely shocking this year to be honest What's gone wrong? Uh I just don't think the players that have played are good enough, to be honest. And if we all sit down, I think we need 12 to 15 players. Um, our player of the season last year was Robin Van Persen. He won us the league. And this year he's been injured and that seems to have gone wrong. And the manager didn't work out, David Moyes? No, I was a bit sorry about that because I went on the pre-season tour and I spoke to Paddy Creran and a few of the guys who worked for United and they were all... Uh, bigging him up saying he was brilliant they all loved him and things like that it just didn't work out for the man I'm sorry for him but he, he had to go Your high points from this season we're speaking to the previous guest Nige and there's been a few which games have you most enjoyed or which trips because you've been to pretty much every game Yeah I've been to every game this year Every there, game? Yeah. yeah every single one Yeah, Including um, friendlies? Including friendlies yeah Including Aberdeen, but I'm evident to him there, but we'll leave that alone. Well, you've uh, not left it alone. You've just <laughs> you've just gone public and said that Barmikev didn't go to Aberdeen. No, Barmikev wasn't there. When, when, when was the Aberdeen game? Uh, it was at the beginning of the year. It was a friendly just after we came back from Australia and Hong Kong. And how many were United were there? Well, there was a few there. Jimmy Clitheroe and his merry men went, but he didn't go to Thailand, so we'll leave him alone. So, do you know anyone who's been to every game this season like you? No. Not one other person? Don't think so, no. You are the only Manchester United fan who's been to every single match... Uh, in my eyes, on the... Uh, this season? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't think of anyone else. Because no. you, you'd know the people, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think so, yeah. And uh, I'm trying to think. No, I can't think of any. So, uh, good points from this year. Best trips. Uh, Since you've been on every one. You, you're better qualified than anyone to say. Well, that's, uh, they're all good trips, aren't they? That's why we go. I love them all. But I think probably one of my best was Shakhtar Donetsk, to be honest. Mad to get to. Four flights to get there. Three flights to get home. Cheap as anything when you get there. Stadium was brilliant. People friendly. The locals were friendly and all. Yeah, it's good. And you, you planted the seeds of a civil war while you were there. Oh, by, right, yeah. by steering up resentment between uh, Russians and, and, and Ukrainians. Yeah, I've seen that on the TV now. So, yeah. so what happened in, in, in Donetsk? What made uh, it so good? Just generally, we were there for three or four nights. I think it was three nights, Andy, and just uh, cheap beer, 24-hour bars, the women were beautiful and all that. You know, it's just a general thing off European did you away ch- game. Did you chat any ladies up because you were single at the time? I wasn't single at the time, no. So you didn't chat any ladies up uh, in, no. in Ukrainian? No, I didn't, know. Um, any trips that have been a disappointment or are they affected by what goes on on the pitch? So you come out of the Manchester derby in September, you've been hammered 4-1, you just think, crap day. 
that well the week that was the worst for me was losing to Liverpool and City on both 3-0 I mean them two my obviously our biggest rivals to be honest and that was heartbreaking to be honest but we just we, at the time we just have to get on with it don't we you know but they were the, that was the worst week in my life I would have said at the minute it's a difficult one to answer or maybe it isn't but out of Liverpool or City who would you rather see win the league it's not a difficult one for me on the City by a mile yeah I think a lot of United fans will say that in fact on a United we stand survey 91% of United fans said that and I was actually surprised how high that percentage was um, because I thought more people would object to City winning it and a, a few people said to me well if Liverpool win it it's a one-off it's a freak they've done it the right way by playing decent football if City win it then two out of three there's been a shift toward, towards them but I don't think most United fans buy that I think they just don't, didn't want Liverpool to win the league and that doesn't look like it's going to happen uh, well, after last night when they drew at Crystal Palace, I, I don't think it'll happen. I, I'm, I'm one of these people. I don't think City have ever been rivals to Manchester United or ever will be. But Liverpool have got the history and the support. I mean, you can you can buy a ticket for tomorrow for City when they're playing. It's still on open sale. That you know, forty-seven thousand capacity. So, so there's a big grudging respect with Liverpool. You yeah, of course there is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I heard some, but you know, there is a big grudging respect. They had the eighteen league titles before we came through and all that. But uh, yeah, just it's Liverpool for me all the way. I just hate them. What are you going to do in the summer without yeah. the, the fix of United? Well, I'm going to have to work very hard all, all, all summer to try and save up for the tour, aren't I? You're going to do that. Um, your player of the year, finally? Uh, I think my player of the year has got a bit of goalie, David De Gea, to be honest. I think he's the only one that's come out of the season with any credit, really. Uh, and next year? I think we'll be back. I think we'll be a top four. I'm not sure we'll win the league. I think we need a few signings. Uh, maybe top three or four, yeah, definitely. Thank you for your time. Um, Phil Holt is our third guest on this United We Stand podcast. We spoke to Phil, if you remember, in a pub at Swansea on the first day of the season. It was pretty raucous in there. A few raffish lads were out and about and on the podcast, and it was one of the most enjoyable podcasts. And We were full of enthusiasm at the time, weren't we, Phil? We were. It was uh, exciting times. That uh, even after the game, we were still excited. But well, we won four one. It was a good good start to the season, and it it went downhill from there. Really, excitement, the joy, the fun didn't last (laughs) because the season went too fast. Are you surprised that that rhymes? That are you surprised how bad it's been? I think I've been surprised at exactly how bad it's been. I think everybody expected uh, a period of rebuilding but this has shocked everybody I think and uh, I, I was I, I think without remembering what I said after a few drinks on the first day of the season I think I'd, I'd accustomed myself to being pro Moyes but I lost faith recently and, and I think he uh, had to go to be honest When did you lose faith? At what point? Because I noticed shifts of opinion first after dis- the disastrous results in January and then a big one after Olympiacos away and then another big dip after City and Liverpool defeats at home? I think a combination of all three. The two cup defeats were, were, were really morale-destroying. And the and farce of the penalties against the, Sunderland. The, the, the absolute fact that our players couldn't hit the, the nets from where they were, it's unbelievable. And that, that was very disappointing. The Olympiacos was so discouraging... And then the, the whole the City, Liverpool, oh, dreadful. It's, it's been a bad time. And I think he had to go, ultimately. He, he'd lost the players, he'd lost the support. And I, th- I, I think the support were clinging to him, not because they felt 
obliged uh, they felt obliged to rather than any loyalty to him and, and I think he'd lost it then. You've followed United for decades you can remember even worse seasons than this I, I can, yeah Which ones? Uh, early 70s were dreadful yeah. <laughs> uh, but do you know what there's a bit of fun attached to those and, and this year I don't think anybody would have cared if we'd gone at it with a cavalier attitude but we didn't this constant hopefully we'll be able to compete and he didn't want to take the fight to other teams and it was very disappointing there was a, a big difference in the 70s and now and I think the whole area of uh, era of football's changed as well and, and, and uh, we've got different expectations now with the, the money that's flying around the, the two buys he made Matter's obviously a great player he's no way was he the player we needed when he bought him hopefully he can fit into a new system with a new manager now Will you miss European football next year? I've got a horrible fear that we're going to get uh, Harlem Globetrotters-style marquee games imposed upon us. So it might be some options there that are good fun, I think. New places. Lucrative friendlies. Lucrative friendlies in Qatar and, and Dubai. Qatar. Yeah, I'm and sure Bahrain. they're on the way. Yeah. Uh, as United seek to fill those many vacant weeks I, I, and make up a shortfall in... Um, potential revenue. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what's going to occur, yeah. But, but, but it'll be, be odd, won't it? After 20 odd years of, of European football every year, it becomes part of your life. I mean, I can remember at the end of August, every single year, waiting for the Champions League group stage, and, and it being a good day, you think the draws, right, the draws at midday, I would like this team and that team, but I'll accept that one and that one, and you get wrapped up in it a bit. And it's just, yeah. we're going to be bystanders next year. You're saying this, we can still qualify for the Europa League, I think, can't we? Yes, yes, yeah. it is um, mathematically possible. Yeah. You if were just United talking win. earlier about Liverpool can still win the league yeah. in the same fashion. Yeah, it's not yeah. too distant. Well, if United win the last two games and Tottenham lose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and did we lose on Saturday? A lot of people are throwing in a, uh, uh, a paranoia about we lost on purpose to avoid it. I don't know, I'm not sure that's true. I, I don't buy it because I, I know that the club want... The want the income and I know that the manager wanted it yeah. I'm absolutely certain uh, and, yeah. he, and, he's, uh, and he was fuming and he was angrier on Sunday and on Monday than he was on Saturday Yeah. And I've when just been okay. with someone who's been with him who's, yeah. who knows him who's one of his closest friends um, I feel um, it, it was a letdown and a lot of people have said Europa League Thursday nights we've all taken the piss out of that in the past but that would have been an adventure you know I was sort of looking forward to Kazakhstan away on yeah. a on the first Thursday and I'm a bit gutted about that because obviously it was there in our hands and it was there in our hands just by winning on Saturday and uh, that's disappointing I think Where do United need to strengthen most urgently? Um, Apart from the goalkeeper I fairly much see the full squad to be honest I'm not a massive fan of Rooney at the moment I'm very disappointed with his attitude he's got this new contract and he doesn't seem to have come out fighting on our Fighting our corner, Van Persie's been a massive disappointment. Back to his Arsenal pre-World Cup season days. If he comes through, if it's Van Gaal, then all well and good. But Moyes has suffered with the way the players have reacted. This They've year. let him down. The players have. Well, you know, Van Persie's been dreadful all season. Uh, he's inherited a squad with an abject midfield, and uh, there's, there's not. A, everybody says Carrick. He's not a world beater. Carrick wouldn't play for Barcelona reserves. 
and, and uh, it, I think it's a bit sad that we're clutching at Carrick as being our best player um, I'd get rid of the whole lot of them to be honest United will be back or will they? I'm positive we'll be back because for many reasons we've got a great fan base uh, and I don't think the fans will desert the team there might be some season tickets don't get renewed but in general I think we've got such a large fan base and such a loyal fan base the fans will stick by whatever gets thrown at us but above and beyond any of that it's a business nowadays sadly uh, uh, and the, the, the people with the money won't let this fail and they'll throw a lot of money at this this summer there's no doubt about that we'll have a top level coach and he'll have a, a lot of money to spend on, on world class players So United have just beaten Hull City in the final game at Old Trafford of the season. Ryan Giggs gave some words on the pitch to say thank you. He said, I know it's been tough this year, but tonight you've seen a glimpse of the future. And by that, he means he gave debuts to Tom Lawrence and James Wilson, who scored two of United's three goals. They both had impressive debuts. And then the players have just done a lap of honour. Can you say it's honour after this season? And Vidic was obviously picked out for applause. So I doubt he's and absolutely certain that he's not the only one of those players who, who won't be here at the start of next season. And Vidic was speaking in front of the Stratford end and obviously thanked the fans for their support, as you would expect. But he's been a superb player for United in his time. And he's won everything. Um, so I might get drowned out now by the music of the public address system but it's finished 3-1 it's not a great game but it's a win there is a chance United can get into the Europa League if Tottenham lose the last game and United win at Southampton uh, the most encouraging thing about tonight was the fact that the two debutants seemed totally unfazed playing in the first team because many a promising player gets his chance and freezes but before James Wilson scored he looked completely confident and Lawrence as well, he had a shot he beat a man and had a shot after 15 minutes and it's great to see because the, the word from the, the various people at Carrington is that there's not a vintage crop of youngsters coming through but if one makes it one a year then that's great so uh, you know, I'm not saying that they'll both make it and maybe James Wilson needs to go out on loan the new manager will make his mind up on, on that. So it's going to be a, a summer of change, a season of change. And I'm going to leave Old Trafford now for the last time uh, this season. And before that, I went to the press conference where Steve Bruce and then Ryan Giggs both spoke. Yeah, I mean, I mean we made a couple of changes and it was always my intention to to give it as many as I could a, a bit of football before we obviously play Arsenal in the FA Cup final we've got to this stage where you know nothing really there's nothing on the game at all so it gave me a fortunate position and people like Sagbo and, and Corrin and, uh, and Fry particularly needed the game so in that respect it's been, it's been good Well, I told Fry after we played in the semi-final that he'd be playing in the final. 
I didn't start him in the semi-final, so I'm not going to go back on my word. So as, as long as he's okay and uh, he looks as if he's okay, then he will he will play. No. Oh, I didn't see that. No. Is that right? No, I didn't see. It. Didn't see. Well, it's the first, genuinely, it's the first I've known now and first I've known about it. Um, I don't know what the TV has shown. Has the TV shown it? Then I, c I can't really comment because I haven't seen anything just yet. <coughs> Sorry? <laughs> no, the, the ones I've brought in were the vast majority who got me promoted last year. So I know exactly what they can do. But obviously we've got two places to fill and we've got three or four injuries. So it's a concern when we've got three or four. McShane, the goalkeeper, Eluko. Um, um, that's far too many, but we'll obviously see what we're like after the weekend and hopefully pick the right team that can, uh, that can try and win us the first trophy. Uh, Harper was a bit sore after after the game on Saturday with his groin, so there's there's no I was never going to risk anybody. And Eldon's been in loan at uh, Orient for a, for two three months and done particularly well, so it was a good opportunity to get him some football too. Yeah, since we've um, yeah since we've it is a concern, and since we've got through, the biggest problem I've had is keeping everybody focused on the job. Since we've got through from the semi-final, it's been, and really after the Swansea game where we keep, kept a clean sheet, it was really over and done then. And that's been my hardest problem at the moment, <coughs> is to just keep everybody focused on what lies ahead. But I have to say that's been really, really difficult. We need the cup final to come along quick. and uh, But make no mistake, we'll be, we'll be ready for it. Well, look, I had the great pleasure to play here for the best part of 10 years. For me, it will always be the greatest and best club out there. And whoever was going to replace Sir Alex was always, we all knew it was going to be difficult. I thought, like most other people, that Dave would get a bit more time. Because, make no mistake, I mean, when you see the young players they've got today, and Yanazai in particular, that kid's going to be a superstar, isn't he? You know, he's only 18, and if he keeps his feet on the ground, which I'm sure they will do that here, then he's got everything, the boy. So you've still got your young players like that, but when a group of players get all together, then you've got a major rebuilding job on your hand. And uh, I'm like everybody else, you know. So whoever gets the job, then I'm sure the powers will be. will have somebody in mind, and uh, I wish them the best of luck. You have no shout not yet. No. Not unless you've got to shout. <laughs> no. Say goodbye to your manager, Ryan. Are you hopeful that's not the last we'll see of you out there? Um, not decided yet. Um, nothing's changed. Just uh, 
wait until the season's finished and then get a holiday and then think about it. Um, think about it in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Right, can you say a few words about James and Tom? Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, delighted for him. I mean, they were brilliant tonight, as was Adnan. Uh, you know, Michael Keane on the bench as well. You know, there's three players there who've been at the club since they were eight or nine, Adnan since he was 12, 13. So, yeah, it was great. Um, they, they've, they've obviously done well with the youth team and in the 21s. Tom's gone on loan and, and done really well. And they've trained with us the last few days and, and looked really good. So, yeah, after Saturday, which uh, I was disappointed with. Just wanted to freshen things up and um, give him the chance and he didn't disappoint. Yeah, I mean he's a goal scorer. He's a, he's a natural goal scorer but he's, he's got more to his game than that really. He can turn, run at people, he's got pace and uh, he's a clever player so yeah, delighted for him to score the two goals. I think he might have to stay on to get his hat trick. But um, yeah, he was, uh, he was fantastic tonight as was Adnan. Yeah, to be honest with you, I was a bit flat after Saturday, and I don't know why that was. Um, you know, after the euphoria of the of the, of the Norwich game, everyone was up. I, I don't know what it was, whether it was a speculation surrounding the future, or I, I don't know what it was, but it was flat, and I wanted to freshen things up. And I know that if you give young players at the, the club a chance, they'll more often than not take it, and they didn't disappoint me. And um, yeah, I was. I was really happy and proud to, to see them do, do so well. Brian, was it difficult to leave Real Ferdinand out of the match day and team history? You know, he, he may not uh, be here next season, so he didn't get a chance to play uh, on campus for the final time. No, we'd organised it for Saturday. Rio was um, his last game, his kids were mascot, so it was all organised for Saturday. So, um, yeah, we, we, we tried to plan that when I took over, you know, different permutations of, obviously, the man we knew was leaving yet to know what Rio and Patrice are doing so um, but yeah Rio was fine with playing Saturday he's gone to hospital so um, we just have to assess it and see how it goes but uh, didn't look great how important how important do you think it is to sort out what's happening with yourself Patrice Rio the club does seem in a bit of a state of flux and it was said that one of the problems last year that was um, well, I think for myself, it's pretty relaxed. Um, I don't know if it, that's the same with Rio and Patrice. I expect it is. It's not as if they're young players and they're up in the air. If, if they carry on, then they carry on. If they leave, they leave. Um, new players are going to come in anyway, I think, whether they go or whether they stay. So... Um, yeah, it's up in the air, but I, I think within the next couple of weeks it'll all get sorted, the three of us. You said Phil, Phil Jones didn't look great. Is there a suspicion that he might have broken you or fractured it? No, just by his reaction, really, I'm saying that, that straight away he knew he'd done something and he wanted to come off. And usually as a player you know that um, it's, you know, it's something not great when, when you do that. So it was just his reaction, nothing right. medical. I didn't see it, but I've seen his leg. And is it the second time it's happened to him this season? 
yeah. And um, it's um, it's not great to see. I mean, it's it is terrible as leg. So he needs protecting. He's he's a brilliant player. He's exciting, and the authorities need to to stamp down on it. Whether the, the, I don't know what could happen now, but it was bad. I, I didn't. I haven't actually seen the stamping, but I've seen his leg, and it was. It's a joke. We need to, we need stitches, right? No, it's just the length. Just it's not cutting to his skin or anything, but it goes from his knee to to his ankle. Ryan, does it matter that the club have not yet appointed a new permanent manager? Is it a problem? Well, I don't think it's changed in the last ten days. I mean, uh, it's not changed for me. It's not changed for the players. Um, I think it's probably just <laughs> you know uh, you lot that that want to see something. <laughs> happen and um, yeah I'm just concentrating on doing my best I can for for the club whether it be on the pitch or off the pitch. Your, your discussion today, when do you anticipate a resolution to the new boss in terms of an appointment being made? Because you've obviously been kept in the loop in terms of... Yeah I've not spoke to Ed for the last couple of days so nothing's changed since Saturday really. I've, I've just seen him after the game but we didn't discuss that so um, it could be the next few days, it could be the next couple of weeks, I don't know. He's, he's had this bug, so you know a few of the other lads have had. So he's, I think the doc told him to stay away. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying the reaction that he, you know, he has to be substituted straight away, and the doc substitute. So whether it's precaution or I'm just saying it from a player's point of view. Usually you know if it's bad, but hopefully it's not. Hopefully it's it's not too. Our final guest is Gary from Berry. Um, he's a lad who many of you will be familiar with, and because of a change in his job circumstances, he's now able to watch a lot more games. He used to be otherwise occupied on on Saturday afternoons. Gary, what's this season been like for you as a United fan? Um, probably like most of the rest of the fans. Um, not quite knowing what's going to happen. False hope. I think going to games. Christmas. I think we beat Norwich on. I think it was December twenty eighth, and I thought, here we go, here's the run. You know, we've got within a. I felt like a few points at the time. I don't know exactly. Man in five or six, and you always felt that here you go, it, the run's going to come, and all of a sudden the Swans game, Tottenham game, and it, from January February, you know, January February March, it just got went from bad to worse, and um, culminating the performance against Olympiacos away, Liverpool at home. City at home, you know, that, that they were they were bad, bad moments though. But I think just not knowing what's gonna happen when you go for games, you're you know, historically for twenty five years once I grew up with United weren't doing well, but you know, you think we're gonna do well, you think we're gonna come back, you think we're gonna sort of go one 0 down and fight back, which hasn't come this year, we're just be disappointed time and time again. What have been your high and low points? Because it hasn't all been bad, has it? I mean Leverkusen away was a cracking no. performance. Again, the Champions League group phase has actually managed really well. Uh, probably one of the better campaigns that we've had. And then if you, think, if you take out the Olympiacos away, and probably the last 25 minutes in Bayern, I don't think the Champions League, you could argue this season, the quarter-finals is probably par. It's the other three domestic competitions. The high of the season was Everett's goal in Bayern Munich, when I thought, we're going to be Bayern Munich here. Yeah. <laughs> for, about, for about 13 seconds. <laughs> It felt like so. No, I, for me, probably every goal in Bayern Munich was the most um, 
happy I've been during the season and I have to say it only lasted about like 15, 20 seconds but it was probably the best moment of the season for me yeah. and the worst moment was definitely the fill at home without a shadow of a doubt Player of the season De Gea won it at the club awards is that a fair choice? Yeah, I mean De Gea it's not great to be fair when you say that your keeper's won player of the year in a season like this um, he has improved from his first year at the club. Um, he is, he has been the best of the bad bunch this year. I have to say, he's, he's performed consistently well. Um, no one else has probably anywhere near him. I think Wayne Rooney for the first three, four months of the season was fantastic. Um, and then he got injured. Um, you know, he still scored 17 Premier League goals. I think this season. So you have to say probably he's fallen behind De Gea. Uh, but De Gea is the most consistent performer. Another Berry Red, I uh, called Philip Neville. He's one of the main coaches at United. How would you judge him this season? <laughs> well, you obviously have to judge him in the same as the rest. Um, in that, you know, he, he was massively disappointed with what's happened. I mean, obviously, the manager brought him in his big staff. And, you know, obviously, other coaches that were with him have been sacked. So, I know, look, I know Philip personally <laughs> quite well. And he's. he's uh, Philip Neville will be an excellent coach, make no mistake about that. He's probably the one of the one out of all of us who's got probably the best capabilities and probably best chance of being a very good coach. Um, I think that he's, he's, he thinks about football all the time, he loves coaching. Uh, I know that he's enjoyed the last two and three weeks under Ryan and, and, and doing a lot of the coaching on the training ground for Ryan. Um, and like I say, it's been a difficult season. You know, he's obviously got a loyalty to the previous manager, David Boyd, and he's Obviously, worked with him for I don't know how many years at Everton, six, seven, eight years. So it's been a difficult season for him. Uh, that's football. You go into coaching and management in football and you accept the ups and downs. It's, it's, not, it's not plain sailing. But I suppose where he, where he was 10 months ago, I remember him coming, I remember his first day of pre season. Uh, and he, 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 I remember ringing that night and I wasn't. He said, it was, he said it was probably the best moment of his life. Now that's what feels like. He absolutely loved the club. He just felt invigorated about this new job. He finished football at the end of last season. And like I say, within eight, nine months, you know, it didn't go as well as the previous manager, David Moyes, wanted to go. And still was part of that coaching staff and takes responsibility with everybody like the players do as well. But it's, uh, he'll learn from it. It'll be a big experience for him this year. What he'll experience this year will you know, be paid back in droves in the future in terms of just experiencing what he has had to Last couple of questions. Ryan Giggs is someone I believe you've you've crossed paths with in, in the past. What you made of his contribution this season, and he was given a lifetime awards um, by MUTV yeah. this week. Um, he's his stocks very high among United supporters. Will we be seeing any more of him as a player? And if not, nine hundred and sixty three appearances. When you were growing up, going yeah. to the match, did you ever think that? I didn't think anyone would go past to Bobby Charlton's seven five nine, and he's absolutely blitzed it, hasn't he? Yeah, no, I never thought anybody would go past him on me. I've crossed past him, right? He's gone past me a few times in training. Um, yeah, I mean, probably, this is probably the best thing. He's probably manager of the season, he's <laughs> <laughs> um, You know, he deserves, I mean, we're obviously thinking of him as a manager at the end of the season because of what's happened, but he, 
he's just had an unbelievable career. You can't describe uh, the career that he's had, really. I mean, nearly a thousand matches denied him in all those medals. It's absolutely incredible. And it'll be interesting to see what he does. I think that's the big thing. Uh, you know, I've him regularly. And he's still undecided. He's still not sure what to do. There's a lot of instability, instability I think, at the moment in terms of you know, from your manager, if you sit here, they haven't been appointed, you know, what role will be there for, for Ryan, and obviously there will be a role, but which, which role, whether he wants to play again, he's got a lot to think about in his next couple of weeks, but in some ways, I suppose, that the, it, I was really proud that day that they all walked out against Norwich, particularly Ryan, you know, he, um, he, he looked the part, you know, he, he looked like he, he belonged there, and like in the future, hopefully that's something that he'll, you know, he'll, he'll fulfil his ambition and get the uh, full-time job he doesn't get it this time. And is it right you also played junior football with Paul Scholes and, and Nicky Butt? I did. I first saw Scholes in Butter and I was 12, 13. We both came into the cliff training ground, joined United, and I played in the boundary park when I was 15, 16. And like I say, Scholes, he got brought back in doing obviously some coaching with the under-21 Champions League team earlier on the season. And then got brought back in by Ryan. And we really, yeah, I said he'd had a good time in the last couple of weeks. He just enjoyed it. Um, a great experience for them. Scolded enjoyed it as well. Um, and, you know, he's got many careers to choose now. He's got TV pundit, coach. <laughs> he doesn't play them tour games up in Asia as well. He's got, he's got, he's got it all on. Well, they're all going to Singapore next week. Finally, United yeah. will be back when? Championship, the, the league is unrealistic. Um, I think I would think within three years it's realistic that they come in a title again. But there's obviously some manipulating of the squad to do. There's got to be some good recruitment, um, and I, I when I say good recruitment, it's the it's not the quantity of the recruitment, it's the quality. The, that's the real quality in this next two or three months coming in for the club. You know, three or four, five maximum quality top players would make a massive difference because what you'll then see is what you'll then start to see is the quality that's already there getting back to the standards that they've set. Um, you know, you think that you forget that we've got Titorito, Van Persie, Rooney and Welbeck as four centre forwards. There's no there are very few teams in the world that can actually look at that have centre forwards of that capability. All we need to do is get the best absolute best out of them. So you start to put sort of the real quality in around those players and you're gonna get good results. This is the final podcast of the season. You're the final guest of the season. We started with Rio Ferdinand in Yokohama. We ask every guest the same question. Most of them pause and answer it. Rio was game for a laugh. Paddy Creran threatened to whack me and didn't speak to me for nearly an hour. So I'm going to ask it to you. And if you don't want to ask it, answer it. Fair enough. Tom Cleverley said it is the worst question he's ever been asked. Here it is. Would you rather be bummed by a horse and nobody knew or... Not bummed by a horse, but everybody thought you had been. <laughs> right. Well, you've got a choice of two. You get bummed by a horse, but no one knows about it except you. Or you don't get bummed by a horse, but everyone's talking about you as if you had been. Like, there's that lad over there who got bummed by the horse. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm just going to say neither. 
Fair enough. Have a good summer. So that's it. That's it for the podcasts for this season. Um, the situation with the future at the moment is that we're speaking to a couple of interested parties um, with a view to carrying on, on next year. I'd like to thank the Daily Mirror for all their support over the last couple of years, especially Steve Anglesey. He might be a blue, but uh, I'm sure he'll be very happy this week, but really appreciate his support. Um, we're going to produce a summer issue of United We Stand. It'll be out in the middle of June. We're going to keep the price the same as it's been for like the last eight or nine years, three quid. It's only available in the newsagent, so we'll start working on that. I'll keep updated on Twitter, social media, and through the United We Stand website. We'll be updating the United We Stand website throughout. It's gone really well in the last year. Thanks for all your support going on there. And the new United We Stand, um, it came out against Sunderland. Terrible game against Sunderland. Uh, it's in the shops now. Um, if you did buy one at the game, and loads of you did buy one at the game, and again, thanks a lot. Really appreciate your support this year. Um, I see other fans in struggling, sadly, but I can't say the same of United We Stand. It's, it's going really well. We've got a great team of people involved in it, um, from the, the cover designer to the proofreaders to the designer Rob Major, and, and loads of good writers, loads of good sellers, um, and it remains. 25 years after we started it, a pleasure to be involved. Um, if you can't get access to a printed edition and you're not in the UK, you can download it via our website. You can read the, the mag on, on a, a computer or a tablet. and Plenty of you are doing that now as well. So despite United having an awful season, it's been good for United We Stand, I'm pleased to say. Um, the fixtures haven't always helped. The clusters of fixtures coming together haven't always helped us. But your support has been really appreciated. Have a great summer. Uh, don't know whether you should enjoy the World Cup or not. Hopefully it will be more uh, positive for United than last summer. And hopefully we'll be back with podcasts next season. Until then, goodbye.